You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. decided that you needed to make some changes. Maybe you stepped on the scale and you didn't like that number and you desired to maybe look a little bit differently. The question is we have to ask is will our desire lead us to action? Will we make some changes in our life? Will we change our diet? Will we not eat as many donuts or ice cream or chocolate brownies? Will we exercise some? Will our desire lead us to action? Last week, we started a series called The Generous Life, and we talked about one of the keys to a generous life is awareness, that we need to slow down and look for opportunities to be generous, to ask God for these opportunities. And we talked about generosity isn't just about money, that we can be generous with our words, with our time, with our attention, with our stuff, that generosity is for everyone. One of the other keys for generosity is action. We can have awareness, but will our awareness lead us to action? As I thought about generosity, I thought many of us, we want to be generous. But sometimes we make excuses for not being generous. Sometimes we make excuses. And sometimes I think we have the scarcity mindset. We think that we don't have enough time, energy, stuff, money, that we can't really help other people. Sometimes I think we're fearful of helping others. What if they're taking advantage of me? Or what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Sometimes I think we're just plain greedy. We just hold on to our stuff, and the Bible has multiple warnings about greed in the Bible. And sometimes I think we think, well, people don't deserve my help. You know, that they're just not good enough. They're not doing certain things, and for me to be able to help them, they need to do these things. Sometimes we have pride, and we think, well, you know what? I work hard for all my stuff, and why should I spend time helping them? Why should I invest into their life in some capacity? And sometimes we don't help because generosity is messy. Lives are messy. We probably have family members, and we look at them, and we, we think that, yes, we'd like to be generous, but, man, their life is really messy. Recently, we had a homeless couple that was living out in the woods behind the church, basically in the, in the ditch behind there. And our staff, we tried to be really generous with this couple. We helped them out with food and water. But we quickly realized that their life was really messy. They had substance abuse issues and they had relationship issues and, and there were just all kinds of issues that they had. And, and I think sometimes we avoid generosity because we don't want to step into the mess. And when I look at Jesus' life though, And he stepped into the mess. He was generous time and time again with messy people. And I think that's a challenge for us. 
If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10. And it's one of Jesus' most famous stories about generosity. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. We'll start looking at verse uh, 25. It says, One day an expert of, in religious law, or your translation might say lawyer, stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Basically, this lawyer, this expert in law, was your Bible answer man. If you had a question about the Bible, that was the man that you would go to. If you had something theologically that you didn't understand, this was the guy that you would go to. But he was trying to test Jesus. He was trying to make Jesus look bad. And he does ask a great question. Well, what do I need to inherit eternal life? I love Jesus when people try to test him or try to make him look bad. Often he would ask them a question. And so Jesus says, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Like, how would you answer that question, Mr. Lawyer or expert in the law? And the man replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your hearts, so uh, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, love God, love your neighbor. Jesus says, right on, you, you got it. Now do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, uh, who is my neighbor? Like the man had the knowledge, but then you could see part of him says, there's some people in my life I really don't want to love. I don't really want to be generous to. People I don't really want to show compassion to. And so Jesus goes on to tell this shocking story, uh, what this looks like. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him dead, half dead, beside the road. So you had this Jewish man... And he was traveling from Jerusalem. Maybe he just went to worship. Uh, and he was coming back from that to Jericho, possibly on a very dangerous road. There were some bandits that beat him up, took his phone, took his wallet, uh, took his clothes, you, you name it. Probably broke his teeth, broke his ribs. Maybe his eyes are swollen. Left him in bad shape. He's half dead. By chance, a priest came along. And when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there and also passed by to the other side. Now, out of all the people that you would expect to help this Jewish man, it would have been the priest and this temple assistant, or your translation might say Levite. That, that's who you would expect to help this man. And, and, and they saw the man. They saw the need. They had an opportunity to be generous, but they walked to the other side. And maybe they had some excuses. I, I know I've read some of the different excuses why these men didn't help. Well, they would have become unclean. And, and that would have kept them from being able to do their service in Jerusalem. But if you look at the text, it says this Jewish man was walking from Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, not to Jerusalem. And if these guys were taking that same path, they were walking from their jobs, not to their jobs. On top of that, there's some religious or there's some extra biblical material that says that you can work in emergency situations that might make you unclean. Well, this definitely would have been an emergency type situation. Some have said, well, these guys, maybe they were fearful about the bandits. And by taking the time to help this man, that might have, might have put them in harm's way. And what I would say is fear is a terrible way to live. Fear is a terrible way not to be generous in. 
And so when we, what Jesus does here is he drops a surprise in the story. You expect the priest and the Levite to help, but instead a Samaritan, a despised Samaritan. And there was, there was just this uh, ugliness between Samaritans and Jews. They didn't like each other. They avoided each other. You can read more about this, but there was just this tension that was there. But we see the text says, there were, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and he saw the man, and he felt compassion for him. And notice what his compassion does. It moves him to action. Going over to the Samaritan, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. And he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bills run higher than this, I will pay you the next time I am here. The Samaritan not only saw the man, he felt compassion for him, and we see action. He got off of his donkey. He got his first aid kit out, and he took care of the man's wounds. He may have torn uh, or cloths off of, or torn his clothes and banished him up. Which let me just kind of remind you that clothes were not made with mass production. They were expensive. It, it cost him something. He used wine, which would have worked as an antiseptic for his wounds. He, he used oil, which might tell us that this man would have been here for a while. And these, this oil would have helped with the crustiness of his wounds and would have been allow, or would allowed him to move. It would have softened these crusty wounds. This Samaritan man puts him on his donkey. He takes him to an inn. He cares for him. It didn't matter that he was Jewish or not. His generosity wasn't limited to a certain race or a certain people. He pays for this man to be taken care of. We see this radical generosity of time and money and attention. Verse 36. Now which of these, Jesus says this, he asks, now which of these Three, would, would you say was a neighbor to the man who, attacked, who was attacked by the bandits? The, the religious teacher says, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, yes, now go and do the same. Go and do the same. We are called to show generosity to all people. It's not limited. We don't need to look for exception clauses. So here's the million-dollar question. How do we show generosity? Now, how do we move from desire for generosity to active generosity? Now, how do we get off of our donkey, as Reggie McNeil would call it, and help people and show generosity? I think there's multiple answers to this question, but I'm just going to give you one today. I think it starts with starting small. It just starts small. Sometimes we're looking for these big opportunities to be generous, and God says, just look around your neighborhood and be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your energy. Be generous with your, with your presence. Be generous with your stuff. Start small. Maybe help an elderly neighbor, someone who's vulnerable. Maybe move their grocery, or maybe help them take in their groceries. Or move their garbage cans for them. Maybe write an encouraging note to someone. I think we could all do that or send an encouraging text to someone. Maybe stop and help someone who's having car trouble. Help them push their car. Help them say, hey, can I call someone to help you? Just stop and let them know that they're being seen. Maybe pay for someone else's groceries 
We've probably all been in the grocery store before and we've seen that young parent, maybe that single parent that's struggling just to get enough to feed their family. We've probably been there at times in our life. And just just decide, hey, I'm going to be generous today and I'm just going to pay for someone else's groceries. Maybe volunteer at Acts of Hope. That's a ministry that we support that's just down the street. They can always use more volunteers. Or West Avenue Compassion that gives out food. Or Haven for Hope or the San Antonio Food Bank. Be generous with your time. Maybe another area is that maybe you could donate some of your things to charity. Maybe you can buy some food for our uh, Castle Hills Food Bank as we try to help people in our community. Maybe mentor someone. Often when we read the story of the Good Samaritan, we think of ourselves as the hero. We see ourselves as the Good Samaritan. But if I'm honest, there's times that I've been more like the Levite and the priest where I've seen things and I've avoided them and I've walked away and I've missed opportunities to be generous. There was one day that uh, I had forgotten my iPad at church and it was in the worship center and sadly I had finished preaching a sermon and and I left my iPad here, and so I was running back up to church. And on our ring video, I saw a homeless man come up that, was, that had a cart full with stuff. And I could tell he was mumbling, and he was hot and sweaty. And I thought, oh boy, I just, I just need to run and get my iPad. I just want to get in and out of the worship center. I don't have that much time. And so when I got there, he was on the patio uh, laying out, didn't see me. I went in, got my iPad, and there was a temptation. I'll just tell you that the thought went through my mind is, just go get your stuff, leave, he'll never know, it's not a big deal. But the Holy Spirit whispers, he says, I want, I want you to go and minister to this man. So I walk over and I say, sir, can I help you? My name's Ronnie. And he said, well, I just need some water. I said, okay, sir, let me go get you some water. And so I found a couple of bottles of water. I was, again, in a rush. I didn't have the best attitude. Um, but I stopped, gave him some water, and then he gets changed out of his pocket. He says, can I give you this money? And I said, no, 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 you, let, let me just give you some water. And he has the biggest smile on his face, and he says, God bless you. And, and I start walking back to my truck, and, and I rarely do this. I normally just give food and water. But God put on my heart, just go give this man some money. And so I go give the man some money. He's, again, talking out loud, mumbling. He's hot, sweaty, all of those things. And he looks at me again, and he says, Man, God bless you. Thank you so much. And I, walk away from, I walked away from helping him that day. And I thought, why did I have such a bad attitude? Why did I dread that? It wasn't that hard. All I had to do was take just a little bit of time to walk inside and get a few bottles of water. It's not that hard. And I think when we think about generosity, it's not that hard. It starts small. You just never know what a, a little bit of water and food could do for someone's life, the impact that it could make, an encouraging word, praying with someone, helping someone in a small capacity. We just never know. Matthew 25 says this, uh, starting at verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, uh, for I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. And I was in prison, and you visited me. 
And then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you or in prison, or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it for me. Jesus calls us to generosity. And often it's just a small action. Clothing, food, water. So my challenge to you today is to be generous. Don't just become aware, but take action. 